Hi guys, welcome to the Fever Dream podcast. Uh, my name is Augusta. And uh, my name's Nate. And uh, yeah, we're really happy to have a, uh, a guest with us this week. This is, a, this is a very, the very first time we've done this where we have a guest with us right at the beginning. Isn't that right, Nate? Yeah, I mean, it's not actually the first time we've done that, but um, it's the first time we've had this particular guest, and we're so happy to, to have him. You know, I'm going to have to agree to disagree with you on this. I mean, yeah, we have had other people, but this seems just very unique. So, I don't know, because it feels unique, I'm going to go with my gut and say this is the first time that we have done this, Nate. Gus, would you introduce our guest? I'd love to, yeah. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce one of my, or actually one of your best friends, one of my best friends. Okay, my name's Nate. This is actually Nate. I'm going back to me. Um, his name is... Wow, you're really dropping it right in the middle. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't I, even hold it You know, I didn't want to keep Damn. going with it. I just felt tired of it. I felt bored of it, you know, bored of the bit. So then I just bailed. Um, but yes, we have one of my best friends, great guy, a graduate of the CG Jung, uh, Jungian... Institute of Jung, um, if you guys don't know your um, psychology, uh, that he's the dream guy, the dream guy. Um, give it up for Sebastian Brownglad, everyone. Make some noise. Woo! Woo! Yep. Hey, how's it going? All right. A big intro there. <laughs> so, Seb. Yeah, what uh, a wind up. Jesus. What a wind up. Hey, you know, I'm really zooted right now off of this Starbucks, clearly. Um, before, before we get started, Seb, can I ask a question? Sure, what's up? What is your connection and, like, learning with with uh, C, C. Jung? C. C. Young? Uh, yeah, I didn't actually go to the Jung Institute. Um, oh, you didn't? No. <laughs> but I went to a liberal arts college, and kind of a choose-your-own-adventure type of school at a certain point, independent study-based. And it was there that I fell in love with the ideas of C.G. Jung and <laughs> decided to build out an entire curriculum on uh, depth psychology. So that's that. And it was amazing. I was super happy about it. So, in a way, you're the perfect expert to have on the pod. Um, yeah, basically. I do want to <laughs> just clarify something, though. Yes, you are an expert. Um, however, on this podcast, Gus and I are the experts. So, as much as you know, you you do have a lot of education, a lot of accolades. I just want to make that very clear up front. Um, we're in control here. Okay. Um, understood. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, we're we're ha we're I felt happy. Like a bad, I felt like a bad dog there. <laughs> I'm zooted. I'm sorry, guys. But um, no, in all honesty, it's tight to have you said. That's why we're having you right up front because we're gonna have you help interpret Gus and Mine's dream, Mai's dreams. Yay! Yeah. So, Nate, you want to go first? Did you have any dreams this week? I did, yeah. So, so my dream comes from just a couple nights ago. Um, I was so in my dream, I was playing poker. I was in a poker tournament, and in the tournament, it was primarily younger kids, like little kids, like I'm talking younger than teens, not even teens, elementary school kids. And in the tournament, I couldn't get any momentum going, which is a big thing in tournaments. You just got to kind of ride this momentum wave in poker tournaments. And uh, they just kept, the kids kept telling me how useful it was to speak other languages. And that, that helped their poker career. So what do you think about that? Um, was there was there any action to the dream? That is it. 
just conversations with the kids? It was, yeah. I mean, we were all playing poker, but there was no specific hands or anything. It was just Interesting. in the middle of the tournament, we're playing. Kids are like, dude, if you spoke Spanish, your game would be a lot better. Was it specifically Spanish? I can't rem- I feel like yes, but I honestly can't remember. I, I do remember there was a vague, like, s- like just learning other dreams is really, or <laughs> dreams, other languages is uh, really helpful for poker, they're right. saying. So what do you think? Um, I'm still trying to get the full picture. Um, was it one person or one kid who said it to you? Did they say it to you in unison? Did you see who, who spoke to you? Did you just hear it? Um, just trying to get a sense of, of that part, the transaction. Mm, okay. That was a lot of questions. Um, I'm going to try and do my best here. Um, there were, there was, I feel like it was, it wasn't one kid in particular that stood out. It was almost like it was all the kids, but they didn't say it in unison or anything like that. It's just like, like one kid would say it and then I would be like, see, senor, you should speak other languages. Um, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I don't recognize, I didn't recognize any of the kids either. Uh, were you inside or outside? Inside, dude. Have you ever played outside poker? Who plays outside uh, poker? Sure, a nice uh, a nice poker by a waterfall. Yeah, a nice Sunday afternoon poker tournament outside in the park. Who does Sounds that? Sounds lovely. Community poker. I guess All right, that's so you're, true. You are in, inside. Were you at like a poker tournament? Or yeah. Were you just like at somebody's house? No, it was like a big poker tournament. Contextually, I was at the World Series of Poker physically in my real life this last week, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I play poker. Yes, I'm a man with many skills. And so silence. I just have a qu- <laughs> I have a clarifying question just about how we can go about listening to your dream and like getting more um, clarified questions, like. Are we allowed to ask dream or ask questions of your dream in order for it to like come alive, or are we just here to listen to what you think the dream is about? What do you mean? I mean, I think I I think I generally think you can ask questions. Yeah. yeah, you can ask questions. There's no rule to it. I think it's a very collaborative, interpretive process mm-hmm. in that in that way. Have you made sense of any of it yet, Nate? Um, hmm. I was trying to think about it. I feel like it. There's something in it that's about adjustment and like not being afraid to adjust as needed, and that's in, in a way that's necessary for other things that are going on in my sort of waking life so like i mean the main thing i'm always thinking about is like comedy like stand-up comedy and and how to better that as much as i can and the whole idea of like how useful it is to speak other languages maybe says something about like like don't be afraid to adjust as needed you know um based on the situation that's kind of what how I've been thinking about this dream, but I don't know. It's tough to say if that's it or not. The fact that it's yeah. kids is what I'm focused on. Yeah, that's the yeah. Part that I'm kind of like that seems rich. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm wondering, did it feel like when you were there in the dream? One, were you a bystander? Two, were you a kid also? No, I wasn't um, a kid. Like, did they did they recognize you as somebody else, or? Um, and the other thing is, like, during that transaction, did it feel like a request, a suggestion, a command? Did you kind of pick up on it and feel inspired by what they were saying, or they were like, "Hey, guy at the table, uh, this is going to help you out." Like, 
I'm wondering how the delivery yeah. was. Yeah, I felt I felt inspired by it. I was like, oh yeah, you guys might be right. There might be some to this. I wasn't a kid. I was clearly I was like different from all of them. Um, I think the term is uh, I was an adult. I believe I was an adult, and uh, you yeah. weren't chaperoning though, right? No, no. I wasn't. Were they, wait, were they playing poker? It was like a kid round? Yeah, we were all playing poker. Yeah. Yeah, it must have been in a space where it was legal for children to play in casinos. That's how were fucked all, up my unconscious all, mind is. Were they it's all fucked. smoking cigarettes and like drinking whiskeys? Yeah, they were smoking cigs, drinking whiskeys. Um, they had a bunch of dice tattoos. Yeah. Yeah. One of the kids the entire time just had like a nine millimeter in his hand the entire time. And like reeked of cologne. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah. Striped basketball shorts. Yeah. Yeah, it was tight. I mean, look, I don't want to spend too much time on my dream, although we're getting into some good stuff, but in general I'm curious about what you guys think the kids could be about. I don't know enough about it. Um, Based on what you know, man, just go with okay. it. Just go with the thought. All right, all right. We're not in a full-on session here, okay? I, I'll Take have my session with you later. Right. What time's our session again? Six, right? Dire- directly after the pod. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yes, we Skype. Yes, he is my therapist. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, man. It, it just kind of sounds like these kids are all representing aspects of your personality. You know, just different dimensions and characteristics um, kind of coming together as one unit at the table. Mm, okay, I kind of like that. I like that. I also, I think that there's like something in there of the contrast of the responsibilities and privileges of adulthood with the wisdom of childhood that Mm. seems, stands out to me. And I know you were at the World Series of Poker, so it's like, obviously you were doing poker in your dream, but it, the setting of a casino and the act of playing poker and like gambling Mm -hmm. is, is such a risky adult thing. And then to have kids be giving you sound advice. Mm, mm. I like that too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. I think we figured also it probably, out. Also, probably now that you live in LA, you should learn how to speak Spanish. And that's just like, I mean, I feel like maybe that's just your dream telling you that. <laughs> see, see. You probably should. Or, you know, you're in like a multicultural city, like an extremely diverse city. And you're probably on the daily just being inundated with like all different kinds of cultures. So you're probably realizing like, oh my God, this is really cool to be over here and doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Meeting new people, new languages. It is cool. Seattle's very, Seattle's yeah, very totally. white, white city, you know? It is. Probably Truly. Kind, yeah. kind of a an extreme culture shock to be down there doing that. It is a culture shock, but it's really cool. And honestly, I love I love the culture here. And I honestly think we should change the word culture to culture, um, just because it's so. Cool. I think they tried to do. I think they tried to do that a few years ago. Oh really? Um, they did. Yeah. yeah Someone I jumped my gun. So to Isn't speak. that the term? <laughs> Someone jumped my gun. <laughs> Annie, jump that gun. Uh, you're jumping my gun here. <laughs> well, thanks, nice. guys. Thanks, guys. That was that was helpful. That was oh, helpful. Yeah. Um, Gus, what do you got? Okay. Um, so I had this dream that I was moving with my cousins and my family into a huge apartment building. And... We were moving into a little unit within it, and it was really cheap. It was, like, really affordable, and we were all very excited. And then once we got moved in, we realized the reason is because next door, there's this huge vacant lot, and there's this big pit in it 
And I was like, what's the deal with the pit? And I found out that there was a gi- ginormous worm living underground. Ew. And what I've written here when I was writing down the dream is sight for a giant worm living underground. The worm hated me. So I guess the worm <laughs> hated me, whatever that means. Dude, I hate that. And so we're Ew. in the, the action of the dream is we're in the living room. We feel these tremors in the ground. Uh, we start packing bags because we're like, holy shit, we have to run. And suddenly the like pit explodes and this ginormous <gasps> worm, no. like probably at least 50 feet long, comes flying out of the ground in like up towards the sky. And then it kind of spins back around and falls back into the pit and disappears. But we know that's like just the beginning of what's going to happen. So we're like, we grab all our stuff. I'm picking up one of my little cousins holding another one of them and we're we get in the elevator to go down and we're on like the third floor and my uncle is in the elevator with us i'm like all right we have to get to the first floor like or we're gonna die and my uncle's like no we have to get to the first floor and we're gonna die and he starts pressing higher numbers like to fuck with me <laughs> oh my god and we like are riding up to the top and i'm like we have to get down and the way the elevator works in the dream is that when i press the button it goes to that floor but when he presses the button it goes to that floor so it's like jerking up and down between the floors and eventually eventually i get really frustrated and hit a bunch of buttons at once and it just falls um and that was the dream damn that was crazy have you ever seen the movie tremors did you watch the movie tremors recently no that's literally your dream is like wait you haven't seen the movie tremors no what's that that's so crazy i know isn't that wild said that like this dream is like the movie tremors i mean yeah i know what you're gonna do this afternoon yeah ready to watch the movie tremors (laughs) yeah it's that's crazy it's a classic it's uh yeah there's just these giant worms that are like crazy in the ground yeah and they attack people you know, if you leave a thousand monkeys with a bunch of typewriters, they'll eventually write Hamlet. Isn't that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> if you let me that have enough dreams, true. I'll eventually write Tremors. <laughs> Damn, that's a, that's a wild dream. Huh. I, I, I feel like I'm just going to go ahead and, and throw some uh, Jungian stuff out. Um, it's pronounced uh, the, Jungian. Jungian, the uh, worm in the ground has kind of a kind of a funny phallic Mm. symbolism Mm -hmm. for Uh, sure, for sure. sure. And I mean that in like the most objective sense, like this, this, the the metaphor of it. And actually, that's that's a kind of a mythological. Uh, image um, and weirdly enough the only reason why I'm kind of bringing Young into this is because when he was a kid he had a, a phallic dream about a subterranean thing that was coming out of the ground my uh, man hell yes so so the image the image is the image is uh, is it about like big dick energy because um, that's kind of what's coming yeah. up for me <laughs> Uh, I think it it could have to do with like um, kind of masculine or patriarchal. Um, maybe you're you're working through something like that, or the ego sometimes is represented by the kind of the phallic imagery. So maybe like your ego is you're working with something through there. But like that's just the immediate thing that um, that I was drawn to is just like oh, this seems like a very like masculine ego thing that you're kind of experiencing whatever your relationship is to that right now. For uh, sure. I yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the deal? I also with... think... Sorry, go ahead, Gus. No, go ahead, hon. Well, I was just going to say, what's the deal with your uncle? Um, I don't know. I mean, who's my uncle? What can you say? He Are grills you... hamburgers. Are you guys? Can like, I ask? Are you homies? Can I ask? Is he very manly, kind of like traditional man? Oh yeah, he's so, like six five and fucking ripped, and he boxes and like. So he's like pretty yeah. similar to me. He's like pretty similar. It's like picture Nate, 
but like right. maybe a little less buff, but like still really buff, you know? Mm. Nate's like the buffest dude I know. So Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like second wow. buffest. You guys heard it here on the Fever Dream podcast. <laughs> but I also I'm thought buff. I think I agree with the <laughs> phallic imagery. To me, the like the pit that it comes out of mm-hmm. is like the inverse symbol of that. It's like the feminine symbol. Yeah, totally. Yeah, right? Underground, unconscious. The like seen. black sinkhole, yeah. yeah, yeah, kind of the mystery, right? Um, mm, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that mystery piece because I've been, yeah, girls are a mystery to me. I'll be honest. Was there, was there <laughs> um, Gus? Was there any sort of like apparent kind of females? Or any kind of like feminine quality to the dream, because at this point it, it just feels like extremely. All like my a, cousins are girls. What were they doing? We were all rushing around trying to get our stuff together, trying to get out. I, specifically, one of my cousins, who's younger, um, has some like physical issues, and so I was holding her. Mm. Interesting. Oh, there we. There's the rub, as Shakespeare would say. I was looking for the rub. Um, but it was also, I was written down here who everyone was. So yeah, me, two of my girl cousins, and my little sister. So you were you were caring for uh, one of the siblings or family members um, who was a girl who has um, some disabilities as y'all were running from this giant worm coming out of the ground. Yes. Did you feel what were what were kind of the feelings associated with this experience? Anxiety, frustration, um, doom. <clears throat> what was your um, uncle up to? Like, could you? What was he doing while y'all were running around? Was he also in a protective role, or was he kind of just what was he? What was he up to? I don't remember him appearing in the dream until we were in the elevator. Interesting. And then, I'm sorry, uh, remind me again what he was doing. He was pressing the high elevator buttons to fuck, like, as, as like, a prank. Yeah, there's a, that to me is, is really significant, too, because uh, in this kind of, like, level, right, like, lowest level to highest level, like, I think of the psyche, and the lowest level being the most archetypal, um, and then the highest level being like the most con- highest concept, um, the most ego. And he's associate. He's like at the top level, right? Like he's just playing around, like trying to get. Uh, I'm kind of riffing here, so stop me. If, I'm loving uh, it. Keep going. It's good. Well, if you're like, if you're kind of like, it almost feels like you're in like a motherly role, like trying to make sure every, all of the, all of the girls, everybody's like collected and safe. Mm-hmm. And here you have this, this uncle, this, this he-man uncle who's in the elevator taking you up to the top, like just playing around, trying to get you up to the top level. Meanwhile, this worm is coming up out of the ground, like going into the sky or whatever. Like there's, it's this very clear image of like, like with these levels, like uh, represented by the elevator and the ground and the worm going up. I don't know how that's striking you, but that's like the that's yeah, I love the, it. That's where the juice is for me. I love that. No, exactly. I mean, I yeah, I felt like it was such a symbolically potent dream, and I feel like you really hit all the major elements just there. Um. Curious to see where this goes for you in the next week. Yeah. Yeah, well, okay, so one thing I didn't say up front that I think Nate knows, although I don't know when last time we talked about it is maybe it's not coming up for him right now, is that I am in a lifelong capacity, like in a sort of more pathological or psychological way than like a rational way, very scared of worms. I did not know that. Like... Hmm. like physically tensing up it's gotten better over time but like as a kid i wasn't scared of spiders like i wasn't scared of snakes you know that was an issue for me i could catch bugs but warmers made me feel like i was going to vomit interesting um 
it said that um, the meaning in, in dreams are often symbolized in three. So if the, if the dream is really having like a potent vibe, I love, I love that word. Um, it's, usually it's usually represented in three different ways within the container of the dream. So I've got the, I've got the two, I've got the uncle part and I've got the, uh, the fear of the worm coming out of the ground part. I'm just kind of wondering just off the top of your head, Gus, if there's another quality or part of the dream or the image that also is speaking kind of a similar feeling tone, um, that is coming to mind right now. So you had the worm coming out of the water, the or not the, the out of the ground, the elevator, right? Those are the two you had. Yeah, I think. Yeah, with the, with the uncle. The third is me and the girls all running around packing. Mm -hmm. The panic and of that moment of feeling the tremors of the ground and knowing it's coming. That's such an important part of this kind of dream for me. Like this genre of dream where you see your da the danger coming and it's very close and you have to physically leave. That's like a pretty common one for me, and so that moment of realization between being able to escape and being prepared was definitely the, the third tonal one for me. Uh, I, what I, what I really have noticed there is just how clear that was for you right away. You didn't have to think about it, which I think is so fucking tight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Awesome. Sounds like a good dream. Thank sounds you, like guys. A, this is tight. It's like a scary dream to me. Yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. Just nightmares, no big deal. Yeah, but I mean, it's it, like so many of nightmares like that, it doesn't end in the resolution that would actually be scariest. It ends, it's ambiguous in the ending, in that we're falling in the elevator, but we don't hit the ground. Mm. To be continued, right? So it's so Just to be continued. Pick up, pick up where you left off. Some Next season time. on. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, oh check gosh. out what ch check out that uh check out that dream that phallic dream that Yun had. Okay, I write it down. It's, yeah, it's uh it's totally weird that it's kind of archetypal, especially because like that there's also a movie called Tremors that also is like similarly represented or whatever. It's kind of like a powerful mm. snake image imagery. Right. And for our listeners, uh, I know Seb's been using the term phallic um, quite often. Um, that's just like an old term that means penis uh, for people who are not familiar with that term. So I just wanted to jump in and clarify that for you guys. I'd, I'd actually like to. So, yeah, that is true. But I was using my my words carefully because I think what was more important is not the literal image of a penis, but more the like symbolic representation that like phallic yeah, in our culture represents. A phallus okay. is not a penis. That's the whole thing. Let me let yeah. me uh, let me rephrase that then. So, um, for our listeners, what Seb meant was um, by the term phallic, he meant a symbolic penis. Is what he was sort of getting at with that. Sorry. But for the for the sounds like listeners that what Nate heard and what Nate once saw in his mind when I said phallic was an image of a penis. <laughs> yes, that, that would be correct. <laughs> Look, let's just get it all on the table. Nate's imagining a dick. Okay, I've just yeah, been thinking is, about penises thing, this entire dream. <laughs> the only thing Nate heard and saw while we were talking right there was big picture of a dick just a big attacking <laughs> dick <laughs> yeah uh man well that was great Seb. so what dream Seb? i want to hear about your dream yeah we haven't even gotten to the main event yet your uh, turn tag you're it um well i've had some time to think about it because when nate and i were talking yesterday about dreams that i've had or whatever we talked about like big dreams that I've had within the last couple of years uh, that I quote unquote worked with my therapist and then recent dreams or any recent dream that is still kind of being processed or whatever. Um, 
but I thought that I would go ahead and tell two different dreams. Um, one, which is still kind of, it's the biggest dream that I've had in the last couple of years. And then this most recent dream, which I think is really where I'm at in my life. Uh, Let's dive right in, now. baby. Let's dive in. Let's dive into that, into that, that pit. Come um, back. What, nice. Yeah, we're going full circle here. Um, okay, so I had this dream a couple of years ago when I was actually in college studying young and, work, and working dreams and stuff. So it was really appropriate uh, during that time. And I, I tried to hold a lot of that this imagery like pretty close and I did a lot of work with it. Um but I'm, uh, the dream goes, it's at night and I'm like a younger version of myself, but a, a version of myself that I know really well, kind of the, a rebellious youth. You said and a younger I'm, version of yourself. Was that an intentional pun? A younger version of yourself? Yeah. Jeez. No, actually that just, that slipped out, man. Good catch. Cool. Just wanted to yeah. jump in with that. You're, you're right there with me right now. Um, and I'm leaving my parents' house at like 3 in the morning. I don't know why it's 3 in the morning, but that's the, the time. And um, I'm in trouble. There's a big sense of being in trouble. And uh, I don't know whether it's with my folks or just in life or whatever, but like I'm getting out of there. And where my parents live uh or where the house that i grew up on is like a super quiet street there's like no street lights it's pretty eerie and uh i just remember not leaving my house but like leaving the property of my house and kind of looking at that place um and feeling just like a lot of fear and a lot of like frustration and like that's not a safe place for me and like, I'm just going out into the world and I'm in trouble and I don't know what I'm doing and it's late and I'm kind of in a rush and I'm carrying all that with me and I'm walking down the street kind of hurriedly towards town and I see a black panther come straight at me walking very, very slowly. And because it's so dark and just given the situation, like I could barely make it out, but I knew what it was and I could like hear it as it like slowly approached me. And like, was it, it purring? It was, it was like, it was not purring. It was not growling. It was kind of doing that like weird panther thing where it was kind of like snarling like a little bit. Kind of like that. Yeah, not quite. Um, but but close anyway so so it just completely takes me out of the 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 emotion of feeling in trouble and everything that whole kind of cosmology that i was experiencing and it just in that moment like it was just me and the panther and um i stopped and like let the panther kind of walks maybe like 10 yards away and like it was just like everything became concentrated in that experience and then I just, I woke up. Whoa! Damn. Yeah. Did the pan you felt calm around the panther then? I think what it was is like I felt like completely taken out. Oh, I see. I, I felt yeah. like distracted. Like it, it just completely distracted yeah. me. It it yeah, took yeah. my attention and just like all I could see was the panther, and yeah. it was like just stu it was a stunning experience. Mm. Wow. Um, what a special dream. It was a very special dream and it came at a really special time where I was right before, it was right before I made maybe three major changes in my life uh, that like has completely altered the course of the last couple of years. Um, and mm -hmm. so I really paid attention to that dream and worked it, so to speak, and worked the image of the Panther and worked my relationship to the feeling of being in trouble and how that 
comes up for me and what I know about that. And then also my relationship, like that kind of transition between feeling in trouble and then being taken out of that and like how that works in my life. And when those two kind of paradigm shift for me. So it, it's been pretty, it's been pretty good. It's been a good one. It's a big dream for you. Yeah. Big dream. Yeah. There's sort you of feel... a, go ahead, Gus. No, go off. No, no, no. No, I feel like what you're going to say was going to be really funny. So go ahead. It's not. I'm not. <laughs> it's not, none of what I'm saying is funny. Come on, Nate, um, be funny right now. No, I was honestly this. My honest question was just about, or more comment is it just seems more. It seems like very, uh, like lone. I know it was a panther, but lone wolfy in a way because panthers are kind of like. I imagine panthers as not having friends. Um, they just kind of do their own thing. They may, they may say what's up to their homies out in the woods, um, or the jungle, I guess. But did you mean to make a pun there? No, I didn't. Nice catch though. That was good. The, the the jungle, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) the jungle. He loves puns. People love puns. That was good though. I really didn't even think about that. Um, (laughs) No, but like, for some reason, like the entire time you're like telling this dream, I just had green days. I walk this lonely road, the only open road I've ever known. I just had like, it seemed like a music video for that song the entire time. (laughs) Did you work that that aspect of it ever when you were working this dream? Did you work the green day aspect? Yes, um, did you? Um, yeah, no, that came up for me immediately. I woke up singing that song in my head. <laughs> but you know what I mean? There is sort of a, like, I walk you know, alone. Young actually, yeah, you actually had a really important, um, vivid dream about that as well. So you can check that one out. Yeah. It's in the canon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we're just re- repeating Young's dreams. Young's Green is... Day dreams. <laughs> yeah, specifically young Green loved, Day Yeah, Young loved Green Day. Oh, famously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a good, yeah. He's got a whole book on just his Green Day-related dreams that he wrote. It's tough to come by eBay. Um, did you, yeah, did you feel identification with the Panther? Did you feel like it was representing an aspect of yourself or was it outside? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So it felt. um, Stay with us here, Seb. No, I know. I, I'm just I mean, maybe to, it's maybe it's the wrong register to ask on. Maybe it's not like that. In which case, that's no, no. I think I think like what it felt foreign to me. Mm. Um, it 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 was so foreign to the experience that um, it just completely shook or broke the experience in two. Mm. Like, so my my whole kind of like shtick over the last couple of years has been getting to know the Black Panther. Oh, and, and did you see um, Black Panther? It was a pretty good movie. Yeah, it was to study the movie The Black Panther um, when it came out. <laughs> it was good. I thought it. Uh, yeah, so so it's like I undoubtedly or unknowingly, in my opinion, The Black Panther is a part of me, yeah, but it yeah. it was like representing itself as something new. That's mm. tight. That's really tight. A part of yourself you didn't know. But is there and came at a very important time. Uh, just for just for, just for the record, um, the that time in my life that the dream was happening was a time in my life where I was like in dire straits. And uh, when I was a kid, I spent some time like just in trouble all the time. Like whether it was of my own making or real or not, it was just like it was my narrative. And so I was always just responding and reacting to that feeling. And um, so like that feeling is and uh, continues to be like a really intense experience for me. It's kind of like a complex. Uh, and so the the Black Panther showing up in that moment was like really 
um, it just shifted everything for me. So, uh, yeah, super, super cool dream. Uh, still, still feel really, really strongly about it. Apparently. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's really tight. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I have oh, one yeah. last question. When you, when you met the black Panther, did it say Wakanda forever? Hey, Nate, was it worth it? <laughs> I, I feel like it was honestly, I feel like people are dying laughing right now. Hell yeah. Yeah, um, hell yeah, they are. So funny. <laughs> uh, I have a, I have another dream. Um, Bring and it. Yeah. Let's do it. It's actually a dream that I had a couple weeks ago. And it's, it's kind of much more banal in my opinion, but that's a good thing. I think um, I was kind of consider like the most banal dreams to be a good sign. Um, so true. Yeah, that means that there's lots of meaning in the mundane in your life, which is really nice. Um, and that your brain's not short-circuiting and sending you to crazy town every night. Yeah, totally. Yeah, Gus. Sorry, big worms, dude. Just the you got issues. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, a little context, not that I think that context in a dream is very important, but uh, I was probably the angriest I'd ever been, or maybe of this portion of my life, uh, a couple of Mondays ago. And Talk about a bad I, case of the Mondays. So it was the worst Monday I'd ever had. I was oh, so no. fucking pissed. And, you know, I work in the service industry as a bartender. So just like interfacing with anybody was just like I was about to lose it on everyone and all of my coworkers. And then like going to band track, I just couldn't do it, mm. could not do it that day. And then I had this dream. So mm. that's cool. Uh, so the dream goes, I'm at the bar where I work at Le Piche and my manager, uh, who I'm pretty close with was just not doing it right. She was just not a good manager that day, and which was true, but um, I decided to go for a walk, which I don't do at work. I'm pretty much confined to the restaurant. This isn't the dream, right? This is the dream. Okay, sorry. And so I go down... And in the dream, like the restaurant, it just opens up into like the coast and I'm oh, walking yeah. and I'm walking down the sandy path to the coastline. And I'm kind of thinking like more Outer Banks, kind of Atlantic coast for some reason. Um, it's just how the, the ocean represented itself. And I'm carrying this bag and it's super awkward and there isn't a good way to carry it. And uh, it like feels like there's a shit ton of books in there or like a big weird contraption. And I just like can't seem to really carry it right. There's no way for me to carry it that feels good. And I'm carrying it down to the ocean and I'm just there. And I'm like, okay, now I'm here. I got to go back. And I'm walking back kind of now uphill. And I'm carrying this super weird thing. And this car pulls up and it's like a silver Jetta, like the ones that like everybody used to have back in the day yep. uh, with the blacked out windows. They were cool. And it's just a, it's just a car full of girls, like college girls. And they're all giggling and laughing and listening to some top 40 tunes. Dude, and I'm, yes. And I'm, and I'm carrying this awkward bag and I look over at them expectedly Mm -hmm. I don't say anything to them, but I'm kind of like, yo, can I get a ride? You know? Mm. And they all kind of in my head, you know, like I'm not, I don't, and they all just start giggling in the car and laughing and maybe even pointing at me. Mm -hmm. And then they just fucking speed. They just drive off. And I'm standing there holding the bag and I'm just like, Oh my God, fuck you guys. And I just like keep walking and I, I'm just, you know, the entire dream is just this really awkward bag, me trying to like hold it as I'm going up. Dang, dude. Now I'm pissed. Now I'm pissed that the, the car of girls didn't respond to my request. 
but I'm going to walk up the path anyway. Uh, and I get about a hundred yards further and the car shows up again and, uh, it's the girls and they open and like, there's that split second where I'm like, fuck you. Like, I know you're just making fun of me. So drive along now. And then the car just like the, the Jetta door just like opens up. And like, I look into the car and there it's like this invitation into the car. And then I wake up. Whoa. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I love it. I feel it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this dream too was a very, I walk this lonely road. Like, yeah. That just kind of comes up a lot for you. Just walking these. Roads. Yeah. Well, if you, if you, you know who I am, I just, I feel like that's kind of a, the thing. I mean, you Sorry. walk a lonely road. Yeah. yeah. You I'm walk alone. Rice right now. Thank you. So that's, yeah, it's for it's for the pause. Thanks, you guys man. want some rice? <laughs> I sure. would honestly love some rice right now. Sounds sure. so good. I'm gonna be eating just rice. I'm doing an elimination diet coming up, but I digress. Nice. Um. Yeah, this dream. I mean, I kept thinking about baggage, like literal baggage. You know, or not literal. I guess. Uh, metaphorical baggage um with like you carrying that around and it was like i don't know i mean it's and then then there's like women in the dream too so are you do you got some baggage man you got a little bit of baggage uh yeah hell yeah i didn't i didn't interpret it as baggage but um but I do have a lot of baggage. So, um, yeah. How about you? Um, <laughs> Asking for friends. So I'd rather, uh, I'd rather just try and focus this podcast a little bit more on you. Um, I'd rather just kind of stick to my interpretation here that I think you might have a lot of baggage. Wait, uh, okay. I have, a, I have a question. I have a dream question. Yeah. What's up? Where, where were you going? Yeah, man. Um, Where were they giving you a ride? Yep. I, I think they were just giving me a. It felt like they were finally extending themselves. They were responding uh, to the help that I didn't ask for, but definitely needed. Probably right. just to get back up to work. You know, just oh, back okay. up to my, just back up to my life. You know. Um. Was it? What was your feeling about them, before, like while they were doing the giggling? Yeah. Oh, I was fucking irritated, and like, I was like, okay, like this is a car, and they can and have the means to help me. I don't want to ask for help, um, but if they offer it, like I'm not going to say no. You know, right. like. Kind of a, a big ambivalent, <laughs> very classic way for me to be towards life, but just like very ambivalent. Like take it or leave it. Like I'd love a ride, but fuck you if you don't want to give it to me. You know. Right. Were they hot to you? Yeah, that's what um, I was getting at. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were taking me to to hot town. No, seriously, uh, were they hot? And also, Nate's like, what were their numbers? Did you, yeah. you get a dream, ended, like, the license plate, or... Were these real women? <laughs> was it this not a dream? dream? <laughs> was super sexy dream after that. Was yeah. this not a dream? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I open up the package, and it's full of condoms. How did those get there? Yeah. No wonder this is so hard to carry, because you're so heavy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, was, I woke up great. from the dream and all those girls in that dream were in my bed lying next to me. <laughs> and I was just like, yo. yo I this... was like, yeah, I'll take a ride if you're giving it. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, no, I don't know. There was, there was a kind of faceless, the faceless face. Um, uh, they gave me a, a kind of sorority girl vibe, you know, um, Maybe your typical hot chick. I don't know. I don't know, man. I wasn't really, really thinking about that in the moment. No, it's good. It's good. I don't know, Can I man. Ask you a question. I think. Uh, 
There's for the record, I, I have worked this dream, so I am kind of like nail biting, um, trying not to like really give away all of the things that I think it is because I think it's way more fun for the dream to just speak for itself without the interpretation involved. But it is a super appropriate dream for where I'm at and has, contains a lot of meaning just with what I have going on in my life and how I'm reacting to it. And what does it mean? My relationship. Tell us what it means. Are you sure? I kind of like all of your. Oh my God. Tell us. tell us. We're not going to ever, we're never going to watch it. Just tell us. Yeah. I want you to tell us. I don't even us. have Amazon prime. I'm not going to watch it. Yeah. I'm not going to. So basically the bag, uh, so there's there's a there's a major there's a major kind of um, what is it called um, al- alchemical thing happening in the dream. Nice. Uh, it would be the dream would be completely different if when at the coast carrying the bag I decide to get in the water, but in the dream I don't. I get to the edge of the coast. And I turn around and I go back. So in alchemical sense, I am in a sublimation period. I am leaving the ether, um, if you alert. will. Nerd alert, everyone. Uh, a lot of big words. And, shut up. <laughs> and if I were to uh, if I were to get in the water, it would be a different part of the, the alchemical process, i.e. the kind of like the transformation aspect of it so that mm, we recommend people reading the alchemist um after this pod if you can (laughs) so that's so that's super huge because that alone just kind of tells me what kind of stage i'm at in this kind of process of transformation i'm um kind of in the hardening um Mm. conceptualizing aspect of the dream i'm not in the kind of languid kind of wet super wet part of the dream uh, <laughs> in, in my life. Easy. Uh, the so of dry places. Yeah. Yeah. Being in a dry place is what this dream is all about. <laughs> <laughs> the growth one discovers in the dry place. <laughs> um, and uh, the other thing is, is like this thing that I'm carrying is new to me. It's not of me. Um, I think the fact that I'm not putting it down and I feel a, a duty or a sense of responsibility with it is, um, but yet still can't quite figure it out, uh, I think is really important and um, definitely something that I'm working with right now with like building a career in this kind of new way um, that has nothing to do with young um, and just feeling like, okay, this is like kind of an awkward thing. And, you know, like sometimes it feels yucky. Sometimes I don't like it. Um, but yeah, I'm going to still do it and it's still my duty to do it sort of thing. Um, mm. and then the, the, the car kind of represents, in my opinion, the world at large, my relationship to the world. And, um, and so my, my kind of ambivalence for looking for help and asking for help and the fact that like the the girls, the world doesn't help me uh, is kind of representative of, of me stepping into like the corporate world, I think, and my relationship to not really knowing like, hey, like, are you going to get me in? Are we going to work through this? Like, are you going to help me carry this baggage? And the world kind of just says, nope. <laughs> don't really care about you. We're going to drive off and me kind of just shrugging my shoulders and being like, well, fuck it. I'm going to do it myself. And that when I do that, when I put in the work, the world then responds. Maybe not. Hell at first. Yes. You know, maybe not at first, you know, that to me is like indicative of like, Oh, Seb gets what he wants, you know? And like at first try the doors open for him. But that's not been that's my notorious your your reputation in my experience and and this part of my life is like everything is not like that, like getting rejected from jobs and having to like put on these new 
you know, like life is, you don't get what you want all the time, you know? And especially if you choose a life where like you have to put in work in order to get a return, like that's sort of what I'm doing right now. And, uh, so yeah, so I've shrugged my shoulders. I put the bag back on my shoulders or whatever, and I keep walking. And then the world says, Hey, here's the door, you know, like, let me help you. So, you know, there is this kind of trust. There is this trust in the process and trust in the fact that like, if I, you know, keep my head down and keep working that the world will respond to that. Wow. That's great, man. Fantastic. Gus, you there? Yeah. I really loved that dream. Sorry. Just thinking about it. I'm just thinking about the image of the car pulling back up and the door opening and the dream ending. Yeah. yeah. That's very potent for me. It's a perfect segue into why we had Seb on this uh, podcast, too. Um, if anyone Nate is needs a ride later, well, <laughs> you need a ride. Um, and also, if anyone out there is hiring, um, feel free to please reach out to us at the podcast email. Um, I'll forward you to to Seb. Um, he's fantastic. That's why we had him on this episode. This is actually one big classifieds ad. Um, yeah, and him. it's hiring for hiring for anything. Nothing in particular. No, no, no. Yeah. Just, yeah, he just wants hey, are a job. You hiring? Just, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, um, do you feel like uh, this was helpful? I feel like you did the absolute bulk majority of the heavy lifting on every dream in a way that we've never been capable of, and that feels about right to me. <laughs> I actually, I, I love it. I think one of the things that is, um, I think everybody has the power, uh, to interpret dreams in a really important way. I don't actually think that it takes a special type of person to listen to dreams. Uh, there might be like things like archetypal imagery or recognizing high energetic, symbols and dreams but like at the end of the day it's got to make sense to you and however you interpret it is ultimately how you are going to perceive the dream so i loved everything that y'all said too like it, it's just as important you know yeah nate's whole thing about walking a lonely road is so valid <laughs> yeah so valid it's all about dicks and being alone and you know but you know I mean, what it is that's the thing like it, it yeah. all, like, all, like on one level it's like ha 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 but another level like it is <laughs> see that's the thing you guys tease me you make fun of me just like those <laughs> girls in that car but you know what i'm fucking deep <laughs> <laughs> you're right at the end of the day I mean, that's, yeah yeah <laughs> Like, ultimately, you do get it. Yeah. He's the guy who gets it. He's literally a guy who gets it. Oh, my God. Here. Seb, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks, Seb. Um, yeah. Thanks so much. Enjoy your rice. And, uh, yeah, will do. We appreciate we'll it, talk. dude. Yeah. We'll talk later. See you. All right. Bye. 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 I walk this lonely road. The only, the only one that I've have ever known. known. So nowhere it goes, but it's home to me. I walk alone. 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 I walk that was great. I don't know if I remember. Yeah, that was great. Oh my was, god, what a good app. What a great episode. I was Seb so zooted. How fun. Yeah. Oh my god, what a good good friend. One of my best friends. Love that guy. Really Even though it's all jokes person. and teasing. Love him. Really special person. It's great. Another one in the books, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I'm gonna go play some outdoor poker. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> I think I might too. We've earned it. We've earned it. Sleep well, folks. All right, everyone. Night, night.